Welcome to the Fort Bragg PWOC podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have my dear friend Kelly and her husband Johnny Rose join us on the podcast today. Kelly is the current PWOC president. She has been part of PWOC for 10 years and has been here at Bragg for nine years. Her husband and her, Johnny and her have been married for 20 years. They have six kiddos and about ready to add a daughter-in-law this summer. A fun fact about them is that they were set up on a blind date. Her mom and his dad worked together. Today they are sharing how their hope to help other couples in a mismatched marriage. Join us as they share their story. Hi, my name is Kelly and I'm here with my husband, Johnny. And um, we want to speak to you today about our marriage. We are a spiritually mismatched or an unequally yoked marriage. And um, as I talk about that at PWC and with um, my small groups, I'm often asked like privately some questions. And I thought maybe we could address those questions here to all of you. So if there's some other people in a similar situation, maybe we could bring some hope and some ideas that work in our marriage to help you guys find balance and thrive. Um, we are not trained counselors <laughs> and all this stuff has taken us 20 years to figure out. So, um, you know, just remember to apply grace to your marriage before trying to start something new, a new routine or a new um, way of doing things. Cause I know when we married 20 years ago, we were not walking with God. Um, I had, I had grown up with no religion. We never attended church, maybe like two times that I can remember. And uh, we, were grow- we were raised in a very morally and loving home, but not with any formal religion. And I'll let Yeah, and I was raised uh, in a religious family who uh, attended church almost every week. Um, but I was forced into it more than I was um, allowed to make that decision for myself. And uh, ultimately, that's what um, pushed me in the direction away from the church and away from religion and uh, led me to where I am today. So to begin, I'd like to let you guys know what the Bible says about an unequally yoked or a spiritually mismatched marriage. And that's in First Corinthians seven, verses twelve through sixteen. To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, that if any brother or his wife who is unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. And you can read, read more about that in the Bible. But, um, you know, God wants, God wants your marriage to have love and to have unity. And so here are just some tips that help us find that balance in our home without uh without me having to like pull him by the arms and dragging him to church that's everybody's biggest question is is serving as president this year how do you do that with a husband who doesn't believe in god and um 
so it, it starts with just that 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 balance in the home of me seeking God and not trying to drag him kicking and screaming into that area of life. Yeah. <laughs> We've rehearsed this and it's still so silly to try to talk um, out loud. But the, everybody says, how do you get your husband to go to church? And um, from the beginning, we didn't, we didn't even want to go to church. It was actually our son. Our son was, I think, six or eight years old and he started going to church with a neighbor. And week after week, he'd say, can I go to church with Moses? Can I go to church with Moses? Can I go to church with Moses? And finally, it was actually Johnny who said, we need to be responsible parents and take these kids to church and give them a choice. And um, I was not a believer then, and it didn't change our perspective, but we were giving our children a chance to, to make a decision for themselves and introduce them to the church. But since then, when we got here, you know, finding a church was just trying to find something that fit our family, that we, we do have a lot of children. We've had more children since being here, but um, I've always tried to let him pick the church because I, I picked a church one time and it was a little over the top, wasn't yeah, it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> they would um, chase him out the door and just berate him for not being a believer. And I thought, oh, gosh, no, that's that's not the Jesus that I know and I love. And so we've um, we've been very fortunate, especially here at Fort Bragg, to find churches that have been very welcoming. And most people don't know our our family dynamics, but when they find out that he is not a believer, I've um, I've been received with love and compassion, and not not kind of belittled because I, I have had people say. <clears throat> you know, are you praying enough? Well, maybe you should pray this scripture instead. Uh, maybe if you were a better wife, your husband would believe. Maybe if you did this different, he would believe. And I just want you guys to know that your relationship with the Lord is your relationship with the Lord. And that putting God first in your marriage allows you to love your spouse more. And so that's where I find my comfort is placing, placing my love in my expectations in God. Because as much as I love this man, you know, putting those kind of expectations on him to fulfill that that void in your heart that only God can fill is setting him up for failure. And I think um, that's probably what happened in the beginning, because the first year after I gave my life to Christ 10 years ago, I really struggled with love your, love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, because this guy was always first in my heart. And one day, actually at the Yucky Church, <laughs> I hate to say Yucky, but even at that church, we um, they did an altar call, and I actually came forward and received um, a blessing. And from then on, my heart was completely sold out for Jesus. And that's when I feel that there was a big change and shift in our marriage where I quit trying to be the Holy Spirit and convince him that, remember when I'd leave sticky notes all over the house? Yep. <laughs> And I would purpose. <laughs> and I would purposely word word my sentences and purposely try to make him see and believe what I was feeling. But only God can do that. Um, so, yeah. How do you get me to church? Is I, the question. I asked him. I said, Johnny, this is important to me, and it's important to me to to do this with the family. Would you please go to church with me? And it was that easy. It was that easy. 
when we were when we were first married, we had to do some classes with the pastor at the church that we were married at, and he uh, he gave us a couple bits of advice. I was very open with him and told him that I was you know I, I didn't believe and uh, you know that I pretty much was just sitting through these classes because it was what we had to do to be married at his church. Um, but the pastor was very nice, and uh, he said, you know, that that actually gives me a bit of a challenge, and I like that. Uh, he said, but uh, he said, if I give you one piece of advice um, to carry through your marriage, he said, whatever you do concerning church and religion, uh, he said, do it together. He said, if one of you attends church, both of you attend church. If one of you doesn't attend church, uh, then both of you don't attend. So uh, that's just something that has stuck with me, um, you know, tw through 20 years. Uh, we, for the first eight or 10 years of marriage, didn't attend church. Neither of us really had any interest. Um, and then she started to go and I was resistant. I didn't want to go. Um, so I would drive them to church and I would wait in the parking lot and then I would pick them up afterwards and, uh, you know, I'd bring them chocolate milks or snacks or whatever for when they were done, uh, thinking that was fulfilling my, my role in that do, you know, do the church thing together. It wasn't. Um, so we started, uh, I started attending with them and and have ever since I take breaks here and there because sometimes I just can't just can't get up the uh, <laughs> the get up get up and go but uh um, for the most part every every week that she's in church I'm in church with her mm -hmm. and with that breaks um you know when you have that open communication with your spouse you know ask them because so we we have six children and our are and that that feeds into the next part like how how do you raise your kids if if i believe in god and he doesn't believe in god how do you raise your kids um you know we have some house rules that we go to church on sunday uh, we give thanks at dinner uh, the kids right now are our three just turned four-year-old loves to say the um father. yeah they are father but she calls it Kingdom come kingdom prayer. Come, yeah. She calls it the kingdom come prayer. And, you know, we take turns praying at dinner and giving thanks. And um, like whenever I'm trying to teach a spiritual lesson to the kids, even Johnny will help out because, you know, the lessons in the Bible are moral lessons that you can stand behind. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, with, with going to church and just keeping that openness, so our, with our teenagers, they went through a period of not, not wanting to go to church also. And knowing his background, it kind of gave me some insight not to push the subject, but to, to allow them some breaks too. So it, it becomes kind of a family fun day. If we don't go to church, we do something as a family instead. And then I am my heart, because again, you know, I can't have my family fulfilling that you know, the act of worship that, you know, most people get from going to church and singing and, and reading the Bible and worshiping together. I just, in my heart, I give that family day as an act of worship to God. And I just turn church into my, my heart worship to God. So I, I do that quietly, you know, from, from within our older children, Owen is um, 19 and out of the home now he's in the army also. And he uh, went through a period where he said, mom, I don't like going to church. And I said, well, I'm sorry, you know, it's family rule. And then he, so he just kept pushing it and pushing it. And 
uh, he said, well, I don't believe in God anymore and I just shouldn't have to go to church. But that's when you stepped in and said. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't either, uh, but I still go to church. Sometimes we, we do things that aren't our favorite things to do, but we do them because we love the people around us. And, you know, some, sometimes everybody does stuff they don't like to do. Yeah, so I told, I kind of extended that grace to Owen too, you know, when when you've kind of had enough or you wake up and you're just not feeling it, tell me and talk to me. And so he would take maybe one or two Sundays off a month and he purposely would get scheduled to work on those, at least I think he purposely, oh, I'm sure. yeah, so that way he could work instead of going to church. And then after a few few months, he said, mom, I'm, I'm really sorry for saying that. I, I do believe in God. I just didn't want to go to church. So, um, you know, I, I can I can drag the kids to church, which for the most part, it's not too much dragging, but mm-hmm. they, they that's a decision they need to make on their own is having that religion and that love for God they need to have on their own. And they, they can't always have mom, I call it mom's religion. They need to find that on their own. So remember to cut them a little slack and a little grace when they're resistant that maybe they just need a break. But again, these are these are things that work for us. It, I'm not saying that this is the the end all say all. This is not how you do it. But these are things that work for us. Um, yeah, I I see the attendance at church more, more of a a leadership thing in the family. Um, I think it's it's my duty to at least allow um, the kids the opportunity to you know learn everything they can about everything they can. And uh, this is this is one of those things where, um, you know, being a leader, you gotta set aside your personal biases or your personal, you know, beliefs and, uh, you know, do what's right for the good of the group. Um, so that's that's kind of what church is for me. I, it's, it's an hour or two out of my week and it makes this, pretty lady super super happy to go so um it's really that's it's kind of a no-brainer yeah and then our our little kids since uh it like our our one son was four when i gave my life to christ so aiden buck sam and mary jane have all been raised in the church owen and bella have you know they kind of came in late and even though they came in late their hearts are are so sweet and so pure and you know, we all, we just, we just make it work. We, we love one another in this home and we respect one another. And we, we try really hard to just find that balance between going to church and, you know, taking a family day here and there as a break from, you know, what, what they, what they enjoy. And, um, and I guess if we could leave you with, you know, any other advice, you know, have fun together. If, if, uh, going to church is always creating a fight, then then make make Sunday be your family fun day. And, you know, the kids don't have friends over that day, but you do stuff as a family. And again, in your heart, do it as an act of worship to God. That way you are, you are having church from within because church is not a building. Church is, is the body of Christ. And if you're not, um, if you're not acting in a way that is uh, Christ-like, then how are we gonna how are we gonna show the unbelievers that we love so much that that Jesus is good and Jesus is love and um, it kind of all feeds back to to our theme verse this year of Colossians three twelve 
forth is therefore as God's um, chosen, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So when we're wearing those attributes of Christ, then we are modeling to, to our loved ones, you know, what Jesus means to us. And um, I, can, I can talk to him blue in the face and tell him how wonderful God is, but if he doesn't see it around him, his heart will never be open to the idea of, of having Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Um, but I guess that's kind of it. So we'll kind of close in prayer. And if you have any questions, please please post them in the comments below, and we will we will get back to you. If it's a personal question, I can um, on the feed. You know, if you just just leave uh, just leave your name or just say I have a personal question, I can get your email somehow and reach out to you because Megan and Renee are amazing at finding finding you all through the computer. But um, I would I would love to help with any other further questions. And so yeah, I'll just close in prayer and, and then we'll sign off. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to come together and just discuss some of the tougher subjects. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone out there listening with um, with a, a family member who is who is not believing, I pray, Lord, that that this gives them a little bit of hope and maybe some tips to help in their marriage or in their family. And I, I pray, Lord, that you are you are our first and um, our biggest love of our life, because when we place you first, Lord, everything else just falls into place. And I thank you for this technology to reach others. And I thank you for the love that you shine on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Hi, thank you for listening to Protestant Women of the Chapel, Fort Bragg. We are workers together for Christ. If you've been inspired, please share our podcast with those who could use a good word.